This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome back into the door report, episode 231 on August 17th. A lovely Thursday evening, nine days away, Trevor from kickoff as always or recently always we are presented by Corey perkins of parks realty you can contact Corey at capy25 at gmail.com or you can reach out to him via call or text at 615-459-4040 or you can visit his website at www.parksathome.com slash agents slash Corey dash Perkins forward slash. And that's for any first time home buyers or anyone looking to move in this current market. Reach out to Corey and he will help you navigate those unsettled waters. But Trevor, you just finished a little special edition of the door report. Just finished an interview with Tommy Eccles. Uh, and who else? Jack Barton. And Jack Barton. I was unfortunately unable to be a part of that interview because I was prepping for this season preview. But give the give the viewers a little preview of what they can expect to hear on Saturday when that special EP drops. I know. Special episode dropping this Saturday. That'll be August. I'm looking at my watch 19th. We'll be a week out from August 26th, and we will have a special episode with Tommy Eccles and Jack Barton dropping, former Vanderbilt football players. Also, a little a little metric for you. Jack Barton, last year, the highest-rated special teamer by Pro Football Focus. Tommy Eccles, second-highest-rated special teamer by Pro Football Focus. So two metric, two metric legends will be joining for a special episode. So they're all time they're all time great guys. They are I have nothing but nice things to say about those dudes. Like I said, I was unable to join that interview, but we did sit here and and swap some stories with old Tommy Eccles for a little bit afterwards. And that was absolutely incredible to hear some of his old war stories uh being a v- former Vanderbilt football player. But we have a beefy locked and loaded episode 231. We have the season preview and predictions for the Vanderbilt Commodores in year three under Clark Lee. But before we get to that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Door Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. All right, Trevor. We know what's ahead of us 
on episode 231, a beefy preview. I've spent a while kind of gathering some stats for Vanderbilt's matchups here in 2023. But before we get into the beef of the episode, we have to talk about a topic that has been discussed a few times already on the door report and it's been discussed a little bit too much for my liking across all of social media. And that is the Vanderbilt Commodore stadium renovations to first bank. There is one particular man who is employed by a former Vanderbilt law graduate in Clay Travis. His name is Chad Withrow. And he decided to quote tweet some photos uh, from the current state of Vanderbilt Stadium, uh, First Bank Stadium. He says in his quote tweet, Clark Lee is a good coach with the right plan for the program. It's stuff like this from his administration that makes that job one of the hardest in the nation. This is high school level. He then went on to say, after he had a lot of blowback and pushback from Vanderbilt fans and Vanderbilt Twitter, to say, Tennessee is currently putting $288 million into Neyland Stadium over multiple off-seasons without any major inconveniences or construction issues for fans in season. And then there was more to the tweet, but that's basically the summarizing of it, is he was comparing stadium renovations to Neyland in Knoxville, Tennessee, to stadium complete redo renovations to First Bank Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. First off, Trevor, I know I know you want to get into this a little bit, but I just have to get get off my mind what's on my mind. First off, comparing anything Vanderbilt is doing to their athletic facilities to any other SEC program is idiotic to begin with. You are an absolute moron if you think the obstacles and roadblocks in place are even comparable to Vanderbilt at any other SEC program in any other city. You are not in a major metropolitan area in any other city in the conference. Knoxville is not even comparable to the amount of competition you have for construction companies, just to begin with, the amount of city regulations you're dealing with, the cost to do anything in a major metropolitan area. You can't just buy up a piece of shitty land like you can in Knoxville. It's about 5x more expensive to do anything. That doesn't even get into the fact that what about investing $300 million into your athletic facilities is high school level. What about having a major construction renovation project going on during the season like multiple programs across the country have had and currently do have going on? Hawaii wasn't even able to play at their stadium last season because of the renovations they were doing to their stadium. Arik Goldfinger on Twitter, if you don't follow him, definitely give him a follow, has a great thread pointing out the hypocrisy and stupidity of sports media and specifically within the SEC just taking any chance they can to shit on Vanderbilt, even when Vanderbilt is doing exactly, exactly what they've complained about Vanderbilt not doing for the past 40 years. Now Vanderbilt's actually renovating their facilities that they like to constantly shit on. And they're still finding new things to crap on Vanderbilt about. Yeah. So if you are listening to this in an audio format, not the visual format, I've just sort of been having the thousand yard stare ever since we 
said the name Chad Withrow. Um, I have nothing positive to say about Chad Withrow. His show got canceled on 104.5 The Zone, and he got picked up by Outkick the Coverage, which is a failing media group. Their tailgate presented by Fresh Limes. I'm not even sure if that is a real business. Um, nobody shows up to the tailgate. It's the worst tailgate I've ever seen. Um, him and Chad Hutton, it's quite literally makes my ears bleed. I have nothing positive to say about Chad Withrow. And the fact that he got absolutely nuclear Hakeem Lajuan five slam ajama dunked on by Vandy Twitter is quite literally hilarious. How are you going to get dunked on by Vandy Twitter, baby? And you know you've made a bad tweet. And and I like, and Vanderbilt fans, if you've attributed to spreading awareness about the stupidity of sports media, just trying to get clicks and impressions and engagement for making stupid posts across Twitter, if you've been a part of that, thank you. But you know you've screwed up when Tennessee fans are defending Vanderbilt in your comments as well, saying, all right, hold on a second. They're renovating their football stadium that needs to be renovated badly. And somehow that's a bad thing. He's trying to find anything that Vanderbilt's doing. He also looks like an AI generated cuck. Uh, oh if you <laughs> if you use one of the new AI technologies and type in Clay Travis's cuck, oh, it generates it generates Chad Withrow's profile picture on Twitter. It's crazy. I tested it out. You guys can go test it out. Um, he's Clay Travis's pet. Without him, he'd be unemployed uh, and probably filing uh, and, and in touch with you, working working for the state government here in Tennessee, uh, needing needing public assistance. Because thank God that he uh, allowed Clay Travis to sleep with his wife. Otherwise, oh God. otherwise he would not have a job. This is so, going off the rails. I, Chad Withrow truly, this truly infuriates rails. me. He was given a platform, gifted a platform in the old school media. Silver Spoon. Silver Spoon to platform in radio and still wasn't good enough to keep his show going after being Silver Spooned and then picked up by his old buddy, who was the only reason that his show was successful in the first place yep. and moved on. And then his show is failing at his buddy's company in Clay Travis. He's Clay Travis's pet. Absolute cuck. That's enough about Chad Withrow. It's well, and another thing too is, dude. He got absolutely disemboweled by Vandy oh, Twitter. Just it was this is this is what we say when we when we say the revolution will be televised. The, Vandy Twitter, low key, dude. some goons on the internet. Goons. If you were a part of Vandy Twitter, hashtag thank you for your service uh, in disemboweling Chad Withrow. It's so crazy when your show is so bad that in order to farm engagement, you have to go after Vanderbilt. Now that's kind of like he's like. They literally looked at their quota, like their monthly quota at the end of July, and they were like, dude, this is really bad. We're not getting nearly in the engagement. We're not getting nearly the listenership. We need to get some low-hanging fruit for engagement. He And Chad Withrow goes, First Bank Stadium. I'll Re make a tweet. The revolution is here. I quoted it with that. With that, or I, I sent out a separate tweet that yeah. said, accounts are using Vanderbilt's renovations and construction to farm impressions and engagement. The revolution's yeah. officially here. And it, into it's such a bad take. Like it's such it's such a lazy take too. Like, into like this just goes to show that these dudes who are in I don't want to call it a powerful media position, but he does have a lot of influence with his followers. With 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 the uh, with the um, God, what am I even trying to say? The outlet that he is with, he's, platform. he yes, platform. He has some clout to his name. 
I mean, dear God, can you not just like do a quick Google search? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He is a, a manipulator of of the narrative, and so he he actually probably knows everything that is going on right now, and blatantly chose to lie because like this is going to get clicks. Chad Withrow also works out at Planet Fitness, so do with that information what you will. But that's enough about the stadium renovation. Hit the bench press, Chad. Hit, hit the bench press, not a Smith machine. Um, but Trevor, we have the beef of this episode to get into, and that is the schedule preview and our predictions. So we're going to go game by game. Beautiful. One by one, just trickle down the list. Brick by brick, as some would say. Brick by brick, <laughs> as some would say. There we go. But I'm going to go ahead and read off Vanderbilt stats from 2022 and where they ranked nationally, just to give a little bit of context for everybody listening. So last year, Vanderbilt went five and seven, as we all remember. If you're listening to this podcast, I would hope so. They averaged 24.6 points per game on offense, ranking 89th in the country. 187.3 passing yards per game, ranking 112th in the country. They averaged 159.9 yards per game, 4.3 yards per carry, ranking 59th in the country. And on defense, the Commodores gave up an astounding 36 points per game, ranking 125th in the country. And a majority of that horrific defense was because of the secondary. Vanderbilt gave up almost 291 yards per game through the air, ranking 128th in the country. And on defense, they gave up 171 yards per game and 5.2 yards per carry, ranking 96th in the country. Nothing I read off is good. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But the win-loss record is good the, for Vanderbilt. The win-loss record was the best part pretty much of every single stat that I just read off, which is astounding to think that Vanderbilt went five and seven in the SEC, not ranking above 96th or 89th in any statistical category outside of the rushing game, which still only ranked 59th in the country. But the outlook is still brighter this season. A lot of returning talent. And even though the data from 2022 doesn't play it out, I think a lot of Vanderbilt fans are feeling positive about possibly going bowling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to go game by game here and start out week zero. Game one for the Vanderbilt Commodores. So soon. August 26th, nine days away, 6.30 p.m. night kick against Hawaii at home oh. in the construction zone of First Bank Stadium. As we remember clearly, because we will not forget, Vanderbilt disemboweled yep. Hawaii last season in 2022 in Hawaii on the road, winning 63-10. to 10. The outlook for Hawaii this season is not much better. Head coach Timmy Chang heading into his second season, former Hawaii player, kind of similar to Clark Lee. Mm -hmm. yeah. In a lot of facets, you could say there were a lot of comparisons drawn between those two, former player coming back, trying to build the program back to what it was. And one stat I did read kind of previewing uh, Hawaii was crazy enough. Hawaii was in the Mountain West Championship just five years ago. Yeah. Just five years ago. And then last year, they were probably, the last couple of seasons, they've been the worst, if not one of the worst teams in all of FBS football. Mm -hmm. I mean, just terrible. That Vanderbilt team had no business beating anybody 63-10 to 10 last season. I think they followed it up with an 11-point victory over Elon, an FCS program, yeah. the next week at home. So, 
I'm feeling good about this Hawaii game. And for each of these, uh, I kind of messed up here, forgot to do this at the beginning, but each of these, before we get into the breakdown, before I send it to you, Trevor, uh, I'm going to read off the stats for each of these teams, what they did in 2022 to kind of set the stage for each matchup. So Hawaii during 2022 went three and 10, which I'm a little confused by. They played 13 games. Uh, probably didn't take an extra bye week since they played week zero instead of two bye weeks. They probably just, I, I'm not probably, they definitely just slammed another game. It was in very there. odd. I was a little confused. They went two and six in conference. They definitely got better throughout the season. They actually beat UNLV last year, uh, who's an opponent on Vanderbilt schedule this season. Uh, but they went three and 10, two and six in the Mountain West Conference. They rank this season 116th in ESPN's football power index for whatever that's worth. Uh, last season, they averaged 19.8 points per game on offense, ranking 115th in the country. They ranked 100th in the country in passing yards per game. They ranked 86th in rushing yards per game. Their defense was awful. Uh, they ranked 123rd in points per game on defense last year, giving up almost 35 points per game. Uh, their pass defense was near the bottom as well, ranking 126th. In the, no, that was their rushing defense, ranked 126th in the country, giving up 212 yards per game, 5.6 yards per carry. Everything about this matchup, whether it's just looking at the roster, looking at what happened last season, this is going to be another bloodbath. I think the yeah. doors absolutely roll Hawaii week zero. I think you, you want to know, uh, before I get my prediction, I want to – I want to bring something up a couple days ago, maybe, maybe about a week, week or so ago, me and Will are just sitting on our lovely couch in our apartment, just watching television. And, and Will goes, how crazy would the pod be if Vanderbilt lost to Hawaii week zero? And I, I cannot believe that you even put that into the ether. I'm not, a, I'm not like one of these dudes who like, like, does weird stuff with rocks and like it's all about vibes in my chakra but you definitely threw something off in the universe whenever you said that with that being said Vanderbilt is absolutely going to bludgeon Hawaii it is going to be a hundred nothing doors by infinity um CJ Taylor I'm going to predict three picks AJ throws AJ throws 400 yards in the first half and then we see Ken Seals third quarter Drew Dickey fourth quarter Doors win 72 nothing. 72 nothing's a bold prediction. But I kind of agree with that. After last year's, and this team is better, I don't know if that's actually that bold, to be quite frank. I think it's more that Timmy Chang is a is a pretty solid head coach. No, he's not. Dude, we're gonna pretty dust so- that dude. We're gonna dust him. Maybe not 72 nothing. Doors are gonna dust him. We also they, the we line also, is what 17 and a half points. We also need to make a note that I said on Twitter. Um if Vanderbilt is up by four touchdowns at the half, I'm going to hotwire one of the bulldozers that's sitting in the end zone. And me and my dad are going to take a little joyride at halftime. So I'm making sure I'm right on that 17 and a half point line, but I think I'm correct on that. Yep. Vanderbilt's currently 17 and a half point favorites. You hammer in that? FanDuel. Yeah. I'm going to hit that. It might not hammer it. I don't ever like taking lines and absolutely hammering lines that are that big. You also even have no, that's that's a pretty low line, I think, still for this game. I'm kind of surprised it's not more. Honestly, you should probably stay away from that because anytime you bet on Vanderbilt games, it doesn't go Vanderbilt's way. So you should that's actually probably true. stay away from that, to be quite frank. That's actually lest true. we forget the LSU game. Lest we forget, lest the, 700, we forget. the $750 failure of a you loss. got absolutely 
roasted on VandySports.com. They had an entire thread dedicated to just hating on Will. They were like, this dude's a financial advisor and he does this? Why would we listen? I didn't even address that. I'm not a financial advisor, first off. that's I did address it a little bit when it happened. Financial advisor and what I do are very different things. Uh, yeah, put I some do, respect on his I name. do something a little more complicated than just being a salesman. So there you go. But... <laughs> I'm not even going to get into the VandySports.com stuff and some things said by the owner of that website uh, about the stadium construction. Jesus Christ, that, that made me mad. Very stupid. But um, because just blaming the Vanderbilt administration for local sports media not being able to do a Google search is a pretty hot take. And if and I'll say this too, I don't care if you're a Vanderbilt fan. I don't care if you're a player. I don't care if you're administration. I don't care if you're alum, uh, a, a journalist. I literally don't care. If you want to complain about this, about the way the stadium looks right now, you're a bozo, and I, I'm not going to take bozo. that back. You're going uh, well. It does look ugly. I literally don't care. I'm 26 years old. Most of you guys are way older than me and have seen way worse Vanderbilt football than I have, and I'm thrilled by this. You should be triple the amount of thrilled I am. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear any whining and any moaning. It makes me so incredibly frustrated it it legitimate it shouldn't bother me this much like it's actually embarrassing how much it bothers me whenever i see people whining and moaning about how it looks who the hell cares who cares the players aren't going to care you just don't sound gritty enough yeah you, quote, you ain't got that dog you, in ain't got you. That, you don't sound gritty sounds mm-hmm. like you don't have grit that is Barton yeah Simmons. yeah a, a lot of these people lack grit but I mean to write these down as we go. So Hawaii, I think we both have penciled in as a dub week one. Absolute fat dub. I didn't, 72 nothing. I didn't go score prediction. You went score prediction. I'll I'm try not. and get score prediction. <laughs> 72 nothing is Trevor's first score prediction. So we're we're uh, very heavily weighted in reality here. Doors are hot. Doors are hot, baby. Next up, Vanderbilt's FCS opponent for the season, Alabama AM at home on September second. Has there been a time release for that? Yeah, yeah 6, 6 p.m. It's 6 p.m. Oh, 6 p.m., dude. Yep. Long time to tailgate. High five. Yes, sir. But I did not do the stats because they're an FCS program. They don't have ranks. Are they even available? Uh, I have no idea because I didn't <laughs> dig into it. But uh, Alabama A&M went 4-7 and seven last season, 4-4 four and four in conference. Uh, I think the days like Clark Lee's first game of potentially losing to an FCS program are over. This is not ETSU, who ended up being a top 10 FCS program uh, during the 2021 season. This is Alabama A&M, not a traditional powerhouse. I think they're in the SWAC conference. This is another dub for the boys. Yeah. Easy pick for me. I don't know about you, Trevor. Didn't, wasn't Larry Smith an assistant coach on Alabama A&M? He was, he was an assistant coach for some time for some smaller Alabama college. I think it's Alabama A&M. Will is going to Google search this for us real quick, but while he's doing that, I am also going to predict a dub. I'm going to take a bold stance and predict a Vanderbilt dub. UAB. UAB, really? University of Alabama, Birmingham? Really? I mean, that's not a small school, really. They did shut down their football program. They did that. They did. They did shut it down at one point, but it's back up running under uh, Trent Dilfer, local Nashville high school football coach legend, or um, douchebag, as some might feel about him um but yeah this is gonna be an absolute slaughter fest vanderbilt i'm gonna go i think they call the dogs off early in this one i think i'm gonna go vanderbilt 57-3 yeah you're very very confident and the doors offense early you've got 57 to 3 
in week two, 72 nothing. You're saying the boys? I, well, the let's boys. say this too. If, I mean, if they don't put up big numbers against these guys, then something's really wrong. Am I crazy to think that? 139 to three is where you've got, it's where you've got the I don't first think two that's weeks. insane. Am I being crazy right now? I don't know if that's insane. Also, I really hope I'm looking at the right Larry Smith. Well, it's definitely Larry. Yeah, he's currently the Memphis Tigers wide receiver coach. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Go and he Tigers. Was at Jacksonville State before that. Maybe I was thinking of Jacksonville State because they're an HBCU, they're, right? Uh, is Jacksonville State? I don't know. We're just this is another time in which we should just have a producer to just fact check yeah, us on things. Kind of, I'm, I'm trying to on, understand be the producer. On, on on possible misinformation that we just spew on the pod. Yes. Jack, oh. Jacks, Jackson State is an HB. That's Jackson State. I don't know if that's the same. Who knows? I don't know. What Who knows? It does not fact matter. check us on Twitter. No, Jacksonville State is not considered oh. an HBCU. I was looking at Jackson State. Jackson so, State's where go. um Dion came from. That's in Mississippi. Yep, yep, that's right. All right. Now we get into some tougher predictions, Trevor. We're in week three. Yep. Both of us have Vanderbilt at two and zero wins against Hawaii and Alabama A and M at home. Then you go to Wake Forest. Wake Forest last season. This is on September 9th. The time has been announced. A hellacious kickoff time <laughs> of 10 a.m. So gross. Dude, 10 a.m. So gross. Jesus Christ. 10 a.m. our time, 11 their time, but it doesn't make a difference. That's a gross disgusting. kickoff time. That's a disgusting kickoff time. But last year, Wake Forest, of course, we remember Vanderbilt lost at home 45-25. to 25. Mike Wright was benched during that game. Uh, but Wake Forest last year, and I'll preface all of these stats by saying their quarterback, Sam Hartman, uh, transferred to Notre Dame. So this will be a very different looking uh, Wake Forest team, even though they'll still be running that stupid slow mesh offense. I but hate that thing. Wake Forest went eight and five last year, three and five in conference in the ACC. Uh, they averaged 36.1 points per game, ranking 17th in the country. They averaged almost 312 yards passing per game, ranking the top 10 at number nine in the country. Uh, they only ran for 130 yards per game, 93rd in the country, only 3.4 yards per carry, not a strong running game. Their defense was not great last season. They no. gave up 28.3 points per game, 81st in the country, 270 yards passing per game, 115th in the country, and 137 yards rushing per game, 3.8 yards per carry. 46th in the country. So, Trevor, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I would also like to know that they just lost their number one wide receiver, and they also just lost, um, I believe, their starting linebacker, if I'm correct. Both are out for the season, unfortunately. I hope they have speedy recoveries. Um, with that being said, I also, before I give my prediction, now tell me if this is a hot take. I think this might be the most important game of the season. This this is the X Factor game. Am this I is, so okay? So I'm not crazy for thinking that. I think this is the most important game of the season for Vanderbilt because I think if you win this game, then you're definitely going bowling. I wouldn't say definitely, but this is this is one of the building block. You said brick by brick earlier, jokingly. <laughs> yeah, this is a brick by brick game. This is it, and it's not. You said it might be the most important game. I don't even think it's just because. It obviously is when you're Vanderbilt, you have to win the games that you can win yeah. because you're in the SEC, but also where it lands on the schedule. Third game of the season, you're playing another Power 5 program in Wake Forest. If you start out as Vanderbilt 3-0 and and beat Wake Forest, 
there's going to be a little buzz. Oh, there's going to be there's going to be quite a bit of buzz because you have UNLV and we'll get into that game next, but you have UNLV the following week and you could be staring 4 and 0 straight in the face and it all hinges on that Wake Forest game week 3. Yeah, I think this is the most important game of the season. I and and maybe I'll change my mind. I'll definitely probably change my mind as the actual season progresses and maybe even as this podcast progresses. Um, but my opinion as of right now, and this has kind of been my opinion for a little bit now, this is the biggest game on the Vanderbilt schedule. I think if you win this game, I think you're going bowling. Um, now, could you possibly drop it and somehow squeak out a bowl? Of course. Like, I'm not Nostradamus. Like, I don't, I can't see the future. But just me thinking logically, this seems like the most important game. Uh, as Will said, no Sam Hartman, thank God. Um, they still run that Dave Clawson slow mesh concept, which it works. It was it. Oh my god, it's frustrating as hell to watch last year. But oh my god, this is a dub, big dub. Door start three and zero. No Sam Hartman. Vanderbilt's defense is going to be much improved. Um, Vanderbilt's offense is going to be much improved. Hot take: If AJ Swan started that game last year, I think Vanderbilt wins. Um, so, with that being said, AJ started last year. Would have Vanderbilt beat them? I think so. Uh, AJ will be starting against them this year. God forbid any injuries. Don't even want to put that out there. Um, I think this is a Vanderbilt win. I think Vanderbilt is more talented than them offensively, defensively, and I think. Wake Forest, yeah, is that Mitch Griffin kid at quarterback good? Yeah, he's good. Is Dave Clawson a great coach? Yeah, he's a good coach. But losing your number one offensive weapon in your wide receiver and then losing your middle linebacker for the season, those are huge blows. Um, and that really bodes well for a Vanderbilt secondary that looks a little, makes makes fans a little queasy. So to lose your star at that position group is huge for this Vanderbilt team. I'm going to go Vanderbilt starting out the season 3-0 and uh, with a 10 a.m. kickoff. And where is Wake Forest as Winston-Salem? That's I believe Winston-Salem, Carolina, North Carolina. Absolutely gross kickoff. I honestly, I think I might go to that game. It's now here. It's a I didn't realize I'm also geographically challenged. Very actually a, a pretty long drive. It's like an eight, nine, 10 hour drive. And I would have to leave that Friday night. Ooh. Am I thinking about it? Yes, I absolutely am because tickets right now are like twenty bucks. Oh, you got me thinking. Um, dude, you want to? You want to? Um, yeah. Door start out three and zero. I think we're a much better team. I think Clark Lee has a lot more juice going into this season. I'm going to go Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt twenty seven. Wait for seventeen. 27-17, the doors slow down a little bit on offense. But, but I'm going to predict the reason they slow down is because it's going to be a sloppy game. I'm going to predict weather. <laughs> going to predict some weather. going to predict some All right. bad All right, weather. Nostradamus. All right. He's not Nostradamus, but he's predicting the weather. I think we're going to get a sloppy September game. September 9th. Predicting weather three weeks out, the Weather Channel should hire you. So my prediction, this is this is the most important game of the year. Okay. And here comes, here Phoebe, comes Phoebe making an introduction. We, this is so... The past two weeks, was, we've done two pods here. She's been really good and, and does not interrupt if li- the pod. If you're listening My on cat. just the audio version, uh, Trevor's cat has decided to join the video stream yes. by jumping on the table directly in front of us and laying down so she's so if you're so, watching this on she's pod, here now this is this is my stays. beautiful cat phoebe yep 
She'll, um, uh, interact so now a she's bit. going to she's gonna find her spot. She's just gonna meander. Hopefully, doesn't knock over any beer bottles. She I says we'll this. See. She goes, "This mm, Miller smells really good." Um, what was I even saying? I don't remember. So, She's coming over to Will well, now. I was actually talking. <laughs> yes, you were. Talking. I was yes. talking. Uh, but Phoebe interrupted us. So last year, the change of quarterback. I lost my train of thought a little bit. The change of quarterback is always, even though fans don't think they do this, having a good quarterback is so the key to a successful team and a successful season. Sam Hartman was legit, and he's gone. And that slow mesh offense is kind of similar to another team on Vanderbilt's schedule in Tennessee. It's not just plug and play so simply. Uh-huh. A lot of times a very efficient offense will look completely out of sorts from just the quarterback change. You saw that with Vanderbilt in 2019 when Kyle Shermer left. They returned all the talent that they had from the previous season pretty much, and the offense was horrendous. That's a really good point. Mitch Griffiths is five foot 11, 192 pounds. I think he's going to have a real problem seeing over Vanderbilt's defensive line. And I think Vanderbilt's going to be able to create a good amount of pressure. Also, Wake Forest's defense, a horrendous pass defense. Yeah. And that's going to be Vanderbilt's, that's going to be Vanderbilt's calling card this year is going to be the passing game. So number one, looking at that, number two, Wake Forest did not force a lot of turnovers last year. In 2021, Wake Forest forced 29 turnovers last year. They only forced 16 and had a four-game stretch where they forced zero turnovers. I think the only way that Wake Forest beats Vanderbilt is if they create turnovers. They have not shown that they are able to do that with the injury that they had that you mentioned to a key part of their defense. I'm going to predict a Vanderbilt dub. Vanderbilt moves to 3-0. I'm not I haven't been doing score predictions. I think it's going to be a relatively tight game, but pretty much what you had Trevor, I think Vanderbilt wins the game by 7 to 10 points. I do want to start trying to give line predictions now because I'm going to try to predict what the line is, not what based on my prediction is. But I think that I think Vanderbilt might be an underdog in this. I think Vanderbilt will be an underdog. I think that they'll probably be a six and a half point dog. <gasps> That big? No well, just, way. Just Wake Forest being at home is already going to give a three, three. To four, three points, basically. And always Vegas does not respect Vanderbilt. I was thinking like two and a half. She's going to stomp all over your keyboard, by the way. <laughs> Phoebe's she just wants to hang out right now. Um, I was thinking like two and a half, maybe. You said six and a half? Who does Wake Forest open up with? I'm going to look at Wake Forest. That's Forest's a great schedule. question. Um, six and a half or six feels huge. It doesn't feel right. Okay, because Wake Forest only has one game prior to Vanderbilt, and it's Elon, and I think they're going to beat Elon, even though it's a pretty solid program that Vanderbilt actually faced last year. Uh, I just see it being a – I'm not saying I agree with it, mm-hmm. I, but I think it's going to be between four and a half and six and a half. I don't think you'll see Vanderbilt be a full touchdown underdog, but the four and a half to six and a half is the cheapest points in all of sports. Uh-huh. That's a very cheap three point three point range. But I would say four and a half to six and a half. It might start out at about five and a half, maybe. But I could see it shifting out. So if it's so if it starts out at at five and a half, realistically, you take away that three point home field advantage. They're what two and a half. I would I would say a two and a half. Okay, two and a half point favorite on a neutral site. 
is is probably what Vegas would set Wake Forest as. That's just a guess. However, that six points feels high. I am predicting a dub. I'm hoping that's what the line is because I'm going to bet the money line. Hopefully, get Vanderbilt about plus two hundred, and it should be a beautiful, beautiful payout. But after Vanderbilt obviously goes three and zero effortlessly, as we've laid dub, out. Dub, I mean, dub. Clark, you just got to follow the path we just laid out for you. You're three and zero. Listen to us, Clark. Then you've got an interesting road matchup at UNLV out in Vegas. Thanks, Derek Mason. September 16th, 6 p.m. UNLV last season went five and seven, three and five in conference. I'll go ahead and read through their stats like I've done before. They averaged 26 points per game, 76th in the country, 215 yards passing per game, 19th in the country, 137 yards rushing, 4.1 yards per carry. 87th in the country on defense. Also not not a great team. Average 28 and a half points per game given up on defense. 85th in the country. Gave up 225 yards passing per game. 70th in the country. And gave up 157 yards rushing per game. 77th in the country. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is Vanderbilt fans should remember the most recent matchup against UNLV at home. In that 2019 season that I already referenced, the doors got curb stomped. It was bad. By UNLV. Absolutely dominated 34 to 10. I was at that game. I was so angry and yelling so much that I had to move away from my dad in Section J and had to go sit alone and just yell into oblivion. Because that was probably, that was, and I don't say this lightly, one of the most embarrassing games that I've witnessed in person as a Vanderbilt fan. Yeah, I was in a, I was in Los Angeles watching that game on my phone screen, mm. and it completely ruined my trip to Los Angeles. Yeah. I was miserable the rest of the time there. Uh, that really was an embarrassing loss because even though that 2019 team was bad, they should have they should have beaten that UNLV team. I do not think we will have that issue this year. I saw some people saying that UNLV is. Um, they're predicted, I think, I believe second to last in their conference. Um, they're not going to be good this year. Um, I think they probably. New t- head coach. Yeah. I think they probably take it. What's the head coach's name? Barry Odom. No way. Former Missouri head coach. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I did not know that. Vegas Barry. Okay. I see you, brother. Um, with that being said, I think Vanderbilt does a, a, a easy little road to 4-0. I'm going to go. Also, the, the well, the fact that we're playing at Vegas, which is nice because you're playing at the new Raiders stadium. So I guess that'll be really cool for them. Almost maybe seem like a little bowl thing, but still, I don't how that Look, how did we schedule that? Everybody likes to criticize Vanderbilt by saying act like an SEC program. You can't be playing away games against non-power five opponents. No. Unless it's a specific team like Boise State or something like along those lines. You just can't. Mm. I don't care if if the opponent if the non-conference opponents won't work with you, you figure something out. Then yeah. you don't match up. I don't know. It's not that simple. I know there's a lot more to it, mm-hmm. but that just can't happen. And all this stuff is done three, four, five, six years in advance. This wasn't Clark Lee's scheduling. This was Derek Mason's scheduling. Well, you know what it was? It was Derek Mason being like, oh, I, I think I'm still going to be here in 2023. Why don't I schedule a game out West Coast so I can recruit all those West Coast kids that came to Vanderbilt that absolutely sucked? Polynesian Pipeline. Yeah, uh, that was um that was an unfortunate. But new head pipeline. coach for UNLV. Did you give a prediction? 
yes, uh, Vanderbilt win. I'm going to go 42-10. Demons will be exercised. Oh, we will exercise some demons. But this UNLV team was not good last year. They went 5-7, and seven, but you saw that Hawaii team that Vanderbilt played. Granted, it was week one. You're not seeing the best version. It was a first-year head coach in Tommy Chang. Week zero. Week zero. But this UNLV team lost to that Hawaii team last year. Yeah. The talent level on that Hawaii team was so different from Vanderbilt that there's no doubt whatever setting or situation that they were matched up, Vanderbilt would have dominated Hawaii. It wasn't even competitive. No. And this UNLV team lost to that Hawaii team 31 to 25. They have a new head coach, Barry Odom, former Missouri head coach, SEC pedigree, but they lost a lot to the transfer portal. They lost their starting running back, Vincent Davis, to Pitt. They lost their best cornerback, Noel Williams, to Cal- to California, and he's going to be starting for the Golden Bears more than likely. Uh, they also lost their center, their starting center to Arizona State. So there's a oh, lot God. there's a lot of issues within that program, and this is because of the coaching. Change. They got pillaged. I mean, it's it's yeah. the modern era of college yeah, yeah, football. It is what it is. You have a yeah. coaching change, you're going to lose a lot of your top talent. The it just is us. what it is. I'm, it's not anything on UNLV. It's just the state of that yeah. program. Vanderbilt, I'm very confident, is going to fly out to Las Vegas and curb stomp UNLV. I'm going to predict 34 to 10 just because of what they did to the Commodores inside of Vanderbilt Stadium in 2019. But I think the doors start out 4-0. Do you think that there could maybe be a little bit of, of distraction going into that game, given this in Vegas, it's a fun town, they'll probably do some team-building activities or maybe not? No, you're not worried about it? I think that there are two two things. Number one, Clark Lee doesn't seem like the kind of coach that's going to allow any shenanigans going on. No. It doesn't seem to be much of a gray area type of coach. No. And number two, this Vanderbilt program got dominated by UNLV just four years ago. Do you think they referenced that at all, though? There's no doubt that even if they don't reference it, players can look up Vanderbilt versus UNLV football, and it's the most recent thing that pops up. They yeah. are aware of it, and they are so? human beings. They're on the pro. I, some are aware of it. I don't know if the coaching staff will reference it necessarily. See, that's what I'm thinking. It's a different it, yeah. staff. Yeah. But the players are aware and they're not going to take this team lightly because they just lost and got, didn't just lose, got dominated. It was four it years was, ago. And this, it really was embarrassing. It's the same reason that I'm feeling very okay about just glazing over Alabama AM week two. This team will be focused for the entire rest of Clark Lee's head coaching career on FCS opponents. There will never be any lack of focus because he can always reference back to that. So I don't see this team taking any wins for granted and don't see them getting distracted by Vegas. I think also what, now that I think about it with the distraction thing, Clark Lee did a great job with them uh, last year in Hawaii. Talk about a place you can get distracted. They were there for an entire week. They did team building exercises. They did a lot of tourism stuff and didn't seem distracted at all. So now that I think about it, they were in Hawaii probably longer than they're going to be in Vegas. Not probably will be in Vegas this year. And he did a, him and that staff did a great job. Um, minus the two, um, two, two players that got kicked off. But yeah. Minus that part. Minus that. Minus but, the uh, guys <laughs> getting kicked off the team due to shenanigans. Um, yeah. That's why Clark's not a gray area guy. I don't see anybody getting into any issues. Nobody's going to push his limits. No. Cause he's set the precedent pretty early on that it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, inside of that program, if you get caught doing something you're not supposed to, you will be gone. 
Trevor, that's the end of the non-conference schedule. After UNLV, it is eight straight SEC opponents. The gauntlet begins. And we're about to get into that gauntlet. But before we do get into the gauntlet and the last eight games of the season for the Vanderbilt Commodores, we're going to take a little break. So put a pause on it. Grab yourself a beverage, alcoholic, non-alcoholic, whatever you prefer, and we will be right back. All right, Trevor, we're back. Feeling good? Oh, feeling great. Ready to rock? All right, let's get into the SEC meat of this beefy, beefy schedule and episode. Next up, we have Kentucky at home. A highly anticipated matchup against Mark Stoops and company. Will Levis is gone. Devin Leary, transfer from NC State, looking to take over that role. The offense from Kentucky wasn't statistically very good last year, even though they had Will Levis, Tennessee Titans pick, 33rd overall. Read through Kentucky's stats. They went 7-6 and six last season, 3-5 and five in conference. One of those losses coming to the boys. Uh, they currently rank 28th in ESPN's football power index going into 2023. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> on offense, Kentucky scored 20.4 points per game, 112th in the country. 208.5 yards passing per game, 95th in the country. 116 yards rushing per game, 3.3 yards per carry, 108th in the country. Now here's where Kentucky was pretty solid on the defensive side of the ball. They only gave up 19.2 points per game, 13th in the country. Only gave up 170 yards passing per game, 7th in the country. The best passing defense Vanderbilt faced last season. And they gave up 157 yards rushing per game, 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, that's wrong. They gave up 140 yards rushing per game, 4.2 yards per carry, 49th in the country. And the most recent matchup against Kentucky. I think all Vanderbilt fans and me and you remember vividly last season. Demons were exercised. Dub 24-21 at Kroger Field. Screw that stupid corporate field. The boys got the dub. We own Kentucky in everything. Is there is there is there anything that they're better than us at? I don't think there is. Nothing. There's nothing there but not basketball, football, baseball. There's nothing they're better at than us. We even hired the younger Calipari. Oh, we did. We took his son away. We have an we even, incel, his brother. his son loves us more than he loves his father. That's a tough dude. Talk about a uh um oh what was that one Julius Caesar? Uh a et a two Brutus. Brutus. Yeah, but that wasn't his son, but same thing. <laughs> um yeah, we own these guys. Maybe the most not the not the most anticipated game. Well, it might be my person my personally my most anticipated game outside of the Tennessee game because Tennessee every year is my most anticipated game. This is probably the most after what Ray Davis said, the most highly anticipated game all season. I didn't even touch on the Ray Davis transfer. Yeah, how oh are you gonna touch on it? Kentucky's also trying to replace their star running back in Chris Rodriguez yeah. Jr. with Ray Davis. You'll remember that name. Might sound a little familiar to you, Vanderbilt's running back the last two seasons injured in 2021 was the starting running back last year and played a key role in Vanderbilt's victory over Kentucky. 
He had some interesting comments. Oh, God. Yeah. Interesting comments about the Vanderbilt program. Completely unnecessary. Yeah. Unwarranted. For transferring in conference, I feel like he got a pretty easy road. Vanderbilt fans were not all that over-the-top critical as other SEC fan bases would have been if he would have transferred within conference to a team that he lost to last season, Cuck, um, and then showed back up to the Vanderbilt spring game. That was weird. Was there because Lexington blows that much that he had to come and visit Nashville and then had the audacity and gall to be interviewed and say, I like it here in Lexington. It's better than my last spot. Yeah. It's all about football here. Uh, it's yeah. not as much about Broadway and Aldeans and Kid Rocks. It's more about football here in Lexington because we all know. Yeah. Big Blue Nation loves their football. They love their football. Love. I mean, that's number one in the minds of Kentucky Wildcats fans mm-hmm. is football. Baby. Yep. That's all they care about. They, yeah, this Ray Davis. I, I cannot wait to just boo the hell out of Ray Davis. Come come this Kentucky game. Does he have a kid? Does he? I think so. I don't think he does. Oh, damn, Will. <laughs> I don't think he does. Um, then again, he might. I don't know. Um, with that being said, we've said it on a previous pod. Ray Davis might leave in a body bag. CJ Taylor might decapitate him. It's going to be a really rough game for him. Where can Kentucky sort of scares me a little bit is Devin Leary, really good quarterback. Um, ah, God, and with Vanderbilt secondary, it does it does make me kind of nervy. This is his first season back from a torn pec. Yeah, I believe, but he returned back for spring practice and looked pretty good for. Kentucky. Yeah, so he has been healthy. Yes, yeah. he has been healthy. Um, is he an upgrade over Will Levis? I don't know. I don't think so. But then again, time will tell. Um, so Vanderbilt beat a Kentucky team with a better quarterback last year, even though he did have a on the road. Yeah, on the road, even though he did have a really raw game. This I so okay, honestly, just truth serum time. I've actually really been flipping back and forth in this game between a win and a loss. I I really have because I look at it and I think Vanderbilt could win, but I also do see a scenario in which Vanderbilt does lose. Um and I hate to say that. Because I I am very excited about this Vanderbilt season, but I don't want to go off and like be totally biased in this. I, I want to be pretty objective and give like my honest truth on it. Uh, with that being said, I can't say we're losing to Kentucky. We're beating these guys. Big Blue Nation, you're going down. Vanderbilt starts five and zero. Ray Davis goes back to Lexington. Sad. You are a you are a transfer portal merchant. Uh, you have no soul. Vanderbilt wins. Vanderbilt five and zero. Vanderbilt not ranked because the NCAA and the coaches poll and the AP writers don't respect us. Um, they should be ranked. I'm going to go Vanderbilt twenty four, twenty three, tight one, one point game. This is when the one by one schedule breakdown gets tough because. I think in my head, it's hard to predict what's going to be going on by game five. What's going to be the vibe of Kentucky? What's going to be the vibe of Vanderbilt? So much can change. So much can happen. This game, the following week, Missouri at home, and then on the road against Florida, and then later in the season, you have Auburn at home. I think those four games in my head are kind of all lumped together that you need to win two out of those four. 
I absolutely agree. That's totally where I stand. I don't want to spoil it, but that's absolutely where I stand. So I would love to predict. I do think Vanderbilt's going to win two of those four. Okay. I do predict that. Which two of those four? I'm not sure you can even expand that out. Add the Wake Forest game. I think they win three of those five. This Kentucky game. When you look at who they lost in Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez Jr., they have talented receivers coming back in Barryon Brown and Dane Key. They combined for almost ele- one, ah, almost 1,200 yards last season. Barryon Brown, local kid, pro cone. Very talented, but they do lose their running back in Chris Rodriguez Jr., who is very, very talented. Yeah. Very yes. talented. Ray Davis does not have the same burst or playmaking ability as Chris Rodriguez. You're getting a great value brand, Chris Rodriguez and Ray Davis. And you have a great value brand, Will Levis, uh, and Devin Leary coming in. Every rational part of my brain thinks a Vanderbilt team that beat Kentucky last year should beat them again this year at home. Vanderbilt's going to be better, and Kentucky's going to be worse. But there is the irrational part of my brain that usually picks Vanderbilt that wants to say you're not going to beat Kentucky two times in two times in two seasons. There's something about it that back-to-back years, it's irrational. It makes no sense. All the stats point to me wanting to predict a Vanderbilt victory, but there's something holding me back. I think I that's that. I think that's why you've been flipping back and forth. All of that said, I'm going to also predict a Vanderbilt win here. High five. Let's go. I don't like that I'm predicting the Vanderbilt win here because I, in my heart of hearts, I feel an egg ready to be laid after starting 4-0, having a winnable conference game at home on the schedule, followed by another winnable conference game. An egg has to be laid somewhere. It's my black and gold mind. But I'm just going to predict it's going to be beautiful. The doors are going to beat Kentucky. C.J. Taylor is going to get a teardrop tattooed under his eye after killing Ray Davis. <laughs> you know what? You know what we should do? Instead of tailgating a lot, too, why don't we tailgate by the visitor's gates to where Kentucky gets off the bus to uh, enter First Bank Stadium? <laughs> Look, hey, breaking news. What is this game? September? Uh, sept- uh, September 23rd. September 23rd. We will not be tailgating a lot, too. We'll be tailgating outside the visitor's gate waiting for Ray Davis. <laughs> He's the type of guy. It's kind of like when Vanderbilt played Mississippi Valley State Delta and Lindsey Hunter was their head coach, and I got into a verbal altercation with them during the game. Ray Davis is the kind of guy that I know if I heckle, I can get in his head. There's not a doubt in my yeah, mind. Yeah, he's he, he's not gritty. No, not not, not a gritty not a guy. guy he, it's it's actually really good that he transferred because this is 2023 team three is the team of grit, the year of grit. And Ray Davis doesn't have that grit in him, so it's good that he left because there cannot be one position group that does not have grit on this team. Might not be and not have a ton of talent, but good God, they got some grit. Next up, the doors are five and zero. Easy as that. Snap of the finger, they're five and zero. Next up, September thirtieth at home against Missouri. Eli Drinkowitz, Brady Cook expected to be the starter. Could be getting pushed for that spot, but Brady Cook returning as the starter, new offensive coordinator, and Kirby Moore. Uh, their defense improved quite a bit last season. Uh, Missouri, reading through their stats, went six and seven, three and five in the SEC. Uh, 24.8 points per game on defense, 86th in the or on offense, 86th in the country. Almost 215 yards passing per game, 91st in the country. 155 yards rushing per game, 66th in the country. 
Uh, 20, and on defense, Missouri gave up 25 points a game, 56th in the country, gave up 215 yards passing per game, 48th in the country, and gave up 125 yards rushing per game, ranking 32nd in the country. So Missouri returns a defense that should improve, returns their quarterback. However, the talent level overall on this Missouri roster, it's a game that Vanderbilt has a good opportunity to win. I don't really know if there's a full, that's a full great reason behind it. I just know Missouri's talent level is lesser than a lot of other SEC opponents that they'll face. And also, Eli Drinkowitz is a dork. Um, so they've got that going for them as their head yeah, coach is a that dork. Be part of um, with that being said, I think Vanderbilt gets their first loss of the season. Um, why? I don't know. I just, I'm with you. I just, I feel like an egg is, and that's just like the Vandy fan in me just that's been through so many bad moments. This feels like a loss. I, I just, I cannot, I cannot explain it. There is no reason or reasoning. There's no logic behind this take. That's just how I feel right now. Um, also, quick story time. Do you remember back when James Franklin, in order to get people to come to Vanderbilt games, would actually call them? So do you remember that? A little bit. So you want to know one of the people he called? He called my mother. I kid you not, story time. We, it, I, Me and my dad are trying so hard to, of all games, get my mom to go to the 2013 Missouri game. My mom had not been to a football game in so long, probably since the 90s. And we're begging her. We're like, Mom, please go to this game. Please go to this game. Please go to this game. And she's like, no, 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 no. And so I, I think I tweet out. I'm like, I need James Franklin to call my mom. I get a DM from James Franklin. He's like, what's your mother's phone number? And I go, there's no way this is happening. I give him my mom's number. We're at my grandmother's house. Um, and all of a sudden, my mom's phone rings, and we don't know the number. And she picks it up. And by God almighty, James Franklin called my mom, telling her to come to the game. Called my mom from his personal cell phone to get my mom to come to the game. She comes to that game. Vanderbilt gets their brains beat in. Um, with that being said, I'm trying. Me and my dad are trying to get my mom to go to that game. Um, we want my mom to go to some games this year. She she uh, she hasn't been to a football game. That was the last football game she was at. Uh, mom, I know you're listening. I actually don't know if you're listening. I know Dad's listening, but Mom, I think you're listening too. Uh, but Mom, please come to this game with us. I think you're going to turn the ship around. I think you're going to bring good juju to this club. I think we're going. Phoebe is biting my XLR cable on my mic right now. Phoebe, stop. <laughs> uh yeah i think vanderbilt i just i think they somehow lose i'm going to unfortunately agree with you i and this is why the schedule game by game prediction is tough as phoebe is once again attacking <laughs> trevor's cable why are you doing this phoebe, stop, cut it out please now she's, she's biting me she's now off, she's, off she's, she's biting me on pod off the rails <laughs> i don't know if it will be this game or if it will be the kentucky game but Vanderbilt's not going to win both of those games. So on the little graphic or whatever, you would have a win next to Kentucky and a loss next to Missouri on my prediction. Really, I'm just saying one and one in those two games. I don't know which one it's going to be. One of those games, Vanderbilt's going to come out and lay an absolute egg. Yeah. So on this prediction pod, I'm going to agree with you again. We're going to go lost. Well, and both you know what? On Missouri. I think Vanderbilt fans who are listening to this who think – I think most of them will actually probably agree. 
and that they might not agree this is the game they lay an egg, but they agree that there'll be a game in which they do lay an egg. There's no logic or reasoning to it. It's just like the Vanderbilt fan in you thinks that like something bad is inevitably going to happen. Um, and I just I think this is the game. I think so too. I think Mizzou gonna be, also has some weird juju against yeah, us. There's going to be some unexplainable loss in this season, and I think that's going to be the Missouri game. It's going to be everything is rolling. How did you lose to that team that was ripe for the taking to start out six and zero, and you somehow laid an egg? Shades of that tw- uh, 2008 Mississippi State game, where Vanderbilt started five and zero, come off a big win against Auburn, drop to Mississippi State. That <sighs> game was a really tough one to watch when I was. 11 years old. That was a bad one. Also, the what scares me about Missouri last season, their defense got a lot better uh, from 2021 to 2022. They gave up almost nine points less per game under their new defensive coordinator, Blake Baker. This is just stat stuff for me. Yeah. Is I expect Missouri's defense to be very good statistically this season. I don't have any logic behind that except for my understanding of how locker rooms operate in yeah. year two in a defensive system the guys are going to have a little more understanding of it and pick it up. No, I think that's a fair take, too. And they still have Luther Burden at wide receiver. Is that correct? Yep. He didn't transfer. He's a dog. He, he's he's a dog. He's a game wrecker. He is a real. I think he's probably the second best receiver in the East behind Will Shepard. Yep, that was the name I could not remember, and I have it written down here. But that's the guy that I see running up the sideline against our second. It's going to be a Mingo type game. Having nightmares. It's going to be a Mingo Ole Miss type game. Any anytime I see an explosive playmaker on the outside, it makes me a little bit worried worried for this Vanderbilt defense so far we're pretty like we're pretty in step with one another we're on the same wavelength right now I would say so next up we have at Florida we're in October now October 7th it's officially fall weather and you're in the swamp beat Florida last year the Gators lost their quarterback Anthony Richardson to the NFL Indianapolis Colt they also lost their best offensive lineman in Osiris Torrance uh they were okay Last season, underperformed, underperformed is definitely a good word. Six and seven last year, three and five in conference. Uh, They on offense averaged 29.5 points per game, 58th in the country, 223.8 yards per game passing, 77th, 200 yards per game rushing, 24th in the country. Uh, On defense, they ranked 88th in the country in points per game given up, giving up almost 29, ranked 84th in the country in passing yards given up per game. Uh, almost 236 per game and ranked 100th in rush defense, giving up 175.2 yards per game, 4.5 yards per carry. Obviously, last year, the Doors beat the Gators. The good guys won. Oh. Billy Napier, all-time douchebag, lost. Some belt Billy, as I like to call him. Yeah, absolute douchebag. Uh, the Doors won 31-24. Are you in the swamp? Absolutely. Is Florida probably the worst team in the SEC this season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the Vander. This is going to be a Vanderbilt bloodbath. I don't. I literally don't care that they're in the swamp. This is not 2007 anymore. Vanderbilt plays at big time uh, SEC schools every single year. Is it the swamp? Yeah. I. But you know what? I literally don't care. Graham Mertz stinks. Um, they're going to be the worst team in the SEC East. Vanderbilt is absolutely going to bludgeon them. I legitimately believe that. I don't care that it's Florida. I don't care that the Gators. I don't care that they're a story program. Vanderbilt is going to beat the hell out of these guys this year in the swamp. Uh, score prediction, I'm going to go 27-7. 27-7. I can see that. 
Florida, just to give everybody a little context, has some tough matchups before Vanderbilt. Their, on ske- their, their schedule. schedule is bad overall. Not bad like it's it for them. It is a very tough schedule. Florida opens up at Utah, number 14. And then they also have Tennessee on September 16th, who they're going to get absolutely bludgeoned by. Yeah, that'll opinion. be a that'll be a bloodbath. And Florida actually plays at Kentucky the week before they play Vanderbilt. So that's a key game for them. And then they have Vanderbilt coming in. I just think Florida is going to stink this year. I'm right there with you. I, they were not good last year. Vanderbilt beat them last year. They lost their starting quarterback. Very, very similar to Kentucky. I don't see Vanderbilt losing. I don't think the swamp is going to be an intimidating environment as it normally is. I think Florida has two losses guaranteed already on their schedule. If everything goes perfectly, they're still going to have two losses prior to that Vanderbilt game. The swamp is not going to be rocking. No. It's not going to be a primetime game. And I think Vanderbilt is going to do better in that environment than Florida. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if it's an 11 a.m. kickoff? That would be almost oh, ideal. That Not almost ideal. would be ideal. An 11 a.m. kickoff in the swamp. Also, too, it's their homecoming. If any Vanderbilt players listen to this, I have no idea if you guys listen to this. Um, but if you do, this is Florida's homecoming game. The disrespect is real. They think of you as not even a group of five team. They think of you as an FCS team as Phoebe takes a big stretch. Come on over here, sweetheart. Um, this is, The disrespect is real. You guys are better than them. They suck. Uh, Vanderbilt wins big. I think the Doors won as well, so we've got them at 6-1. and one. When was the last time Vanderbilt had back-to-back wins over Florida? I couldn't even tell Has you. Has that ever happened I before? I couldn't even tell you. I'm not even sure if that's ever happened. I don't before. even know how to look that stat up. I so. that's um, which then again, Chad Bishop no longer with Vanderbilt with Georgia Tech, I believe. Um, congrats to him, Chad Bishop. All very very nice guy. Wish him nothing but the best. He's awesome. Um, he Great. he would know that. Yeah, I, I I don't blame him, but he's he's a really good guy. I have nothing negative to say about him. Um, we're gonna try. I've, I don't know if this has ever happened. I'm looking back. Uh, there was a tie. Oh, it's been since 1952 and 1955. Whoa. Or the last time. So this would be historic. My dad wasn't even born yet. Shout out to my dad and my grandmother. My dad's birthday was, uh, August 16th, which is yesterday. Uh, and then my grandmother's birthday was August 14th. So shout out to Granny Hewlin. Shout out to Tommy Hewlin. Granny Hewlin, actually the reason Tommy and I are Vanderbilt uh, fans. Her father actually put the oak leaf v's all over campus his his iron company was hired out his iron and steel company was hired out to put those all over campus and so that's how we became vanderbilt fans so vanderbilt runs deep with the hewlin household beautiful 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 now the schedule gets a little less favorable no it gets gets this is this is where if you're listening so far you're like these guys are absolute homers how in the world do you have vanderbilt at six and one well the schedule is a little backloaded with the difficulty. I don't know if I would say a little. I would say a lot. <laughs> a lot of a lot of backloaded with the difficulty. The first seven games, every single game is very winnable. The doors could start seven and zero. I would not be shocked. They could also start four and three. Would not be shocked. If they lost to one two out of the three of Kentucky, Missouri, and Florida and then lost to Wake Forest, I would not be shocked. Uh, if they lost three of the four to Wake Forest, Kentucky, Missouri, and Florida, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be happy. I think I would be. I wouldn't be shocked. Really? I've been a Vanderbilt fan a long time. I mean, we both have, but this, I mean, 
I, this team that would be hyper disappointing to I me. I really, in my brain, this team truly has like a ceiling of a nine and three, and a floor of a three and nine. And I truly believe that that this team could go three and nine. This team could oh. go nine and three. See, I think our I think our floors are different. I think our ceilings are different as well. But nonetheless, this next game is we'll just go ahead and chuck yeah, it. Nonetheless, I won't even waste time reading. Yeah, we won't even uh, Georgia stats. Next up is the Georgia Bulldogs, reigning undefeated national champions. The Doors have them at home on October 14th. No need to read through these stats. They rank top 10, top 20 in basically every statistical category you can think of. Uh, the Doors are going to get the brains beat in by Georgia. That is my prediction. Uh, at least a 28-point victory or more uh, from the Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart. That's about all I have on that game last year. The Doors lost 55 nothing. I think this year will be more like 48-10 to 10 or something on those lines. I'll say this. Could you imagine the vibes at Vanderbilt if they're 7-0 with Georgia coming to town? I just like, like I don't even want us to say anything in the mics real quick. I just want us to ponder on that thought. Man, would that feel good? Balls get a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 excitement is I might I'm a little I'm a little tingly right now. Will Nips thinking about hard. that? I think a college game day coming back <laughs> on alumni lawn lot two buzzing. I'm just barking game of the oh, week. Oh, 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 game oh. of the week and a bunch of Georgia fans' faces. I'm I'm big dog off a leash. I'm a rabid dog. Dude. Give me my vaccine. All right. So you're also predicting a loss. Huh? Uh yes. With that being said, <laughs> I do predict a loss. Um, score prediction. I don't know. With this game, I just hope there's no injuries. Um, th- that's sort of my mentality going into games like this. Whenever Vanderbilt plays Georgia, Alabama, so on and so forth, I just hope for no injuries. Um, I'll go Georgia forty-two, Vanderbilt seventeen. Which that's not a terrible loss. I'd take that loss right now with no injuries, not a doubt in my mind. Next up after a bye week, the Commodores go on the road to face Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels on October twenty-eighth. For the last, well, not the last time, but won't be happening next year. Won't be happening next year. The yeah. grandest rivalry in the South is coming to an end, unfortunately. Oh, no. Ole Miss, an interesting part of the schedule, an interesting past with Ole Miss. I see this not being great. Uh, might be a little different. I'll actually go through the Ole Miss stats, uh, even though we didn't go through them with Georgia. Ole Miss went 8-5 and five last year. Uh, averaged 33 and a half points per game, 29th in the country, 240 yards passing per game, 59th, uh, 256 yards rushing per game, 5.4 yards per carry, ranking third in the country. Their defense was meh, it was okay, not good. I uh, gave up 25 and a half points per game, 57th in the country, almost 220 yards passing per game, 55th, and gave up 168 yards rushing per game, 90th in the country. And last season, the doors lost. 52 to 28 Jackson dart and a little bit of a quarterback competition uh, at Ole Miss. Um, He'll likely be the starter, but they've got some transfers in from Oklahoma state in Spencer Sanders and LSU in Walker Howard. They also have to replace their top two wide receivers from last year and Malik Heath and Jonathan Mingo, who Vanderbilt fans will vividly remember. However, they did pick up some transfers uh, out of the transfer portal market. Louisiana Tech's Trey Harris, All-Conference USA in 2022, and Chris Marshall, a Texas A&M transfer. They also have Quinchon Judkins, who is coming back 
after having single season record setting performance of 1,567 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns. However, this Ole Miss team started out seven and zero, started out hot, and then slid pretty heavily, yeah. going one and five in their mm-hmm. last six games. The defense gave up 35 points per game in the last seven games of 2022. Do the Doors have a shot on the road at Ole Miss deep into the SEC grind? So this game in this game intrigues me a lot, and we're not going to sit here and act like we're Ole Miss insiders by any means. Um, but sort of the buzz around it is, is like you said, um, Jackson Dart in a little bit of a quarterback battle. I've seen some reports and some uh, insiders suggest that he might not be the starter towards the end of the season. I don't know. Um, with that being said, uh, Quinshawn Judkins may be the best running back in the SEC. Probably, um, he's very, very good. Um, as I breathe heavily into the mic, I don't think this is a blowout. Does Vanderbilt win? I don't think so. Just because Lane Kiffin is is such an offensive genius, I think Vanderbilt does lose this game. But I actually think it's a, I think it's kind of close. Um, I'm gonna go Old Miss. Oh God, I'm gonna go. Ole Miss, 37, Vanderbilt, 27. So, two-possession game. Respectable. I can see that. I'm also going to go a loss. I think that Jackson Dart will be the starter. I think the devil you do better than the devil you don't. Yeah. And I think that's what will end up happening. And quarterbacks with an ability to run are Clarkley's Achilles heel and have always been Vanderbilt's Achilles heel. I think Vanderbilt gets boat raced. Oh, by Ole Miss. Um, I don't really have a ton of logic behind it, but it's a gut feeling. Lane Kiffin, brilliant offensive mind. In my opinion, brilliant offensive minds always beat out brilliant defensive minds. And I think the doors get dominated. So I just think it's a nightmare matchup. I think they have a lot of talent. And I think Quinchon Judkins is going to run rampant across a talented Vanderbilt front seven. I hope I'm wrong. Everything I'm saying about this, I hope I'm wrong. I say the doors losing by at least three scores is my. Oh prediction. wow! Yeah, I think I mean, this. I, I think that. this is the ultimate letdown game. Even though they have two weeks to prepare, reality has set into the minds of the players after that Georgia game that they're going to be dominated in, and that kind of riding high superhero feeling is gone. Even though they knew it was going to happen, there's something about it in my mind that's just a tough game to follow up a Georgia loss. If you don't mind, who does Ole Miss play after Vanderbilt? That's a good question. Because that might, I don't know, maybe a trap game. I don't know. Vanderbilt always has that trap game vibe to them that they never seem to capitalize on, which is unfortunate. Please tell me they're playing like LSU or somebody after Vanderbilt. Mm, uh, They play Texas A&M. Oh, oh, maybe. They they're at Auburn the week before as well. Maybe I don't know, but we're huh. both predicting a loss. Yeah, I'll say a loss right so now. So we're we're completely in sync so far. Yeah, we are. Win versus Hawaii, win versus Alabama A and M, win against Wake Forest, win against UNLV, win against Kentucky. Yep. Then you have a loss against Mizzou, Mizzou, and then win against Florida, lost to Georgia, lost to Ole Miss. And then you come back home to Auburn. Yeah. We're in November, November 4th. The Auburn Tigers come to town. Not a common matchup for Vanderbilt, 
but a winnable matchup from an SEC West opponent in Auburn. So I'll go through last year. Auburn missed a bowl, did not make a bowl game, went five and seven, two and six in the SEC. Very similar to Vanderbilt. Uh, averaged 24.8 points per game on offense, 88th in the country. Passing game was horrendous. 172 yards per game, 119th in the country. Uh, ran for 205 yards per game, 51st in the country. Their defense was also not good. Uh, 29.5 points per game given up, 98th in the country. Gave up almost 223 yards passing per game, 61st in the country. And gave up 173 yards rushing per game, 4.6 yards per carry. 97th in the country. The last matchup between Vanderbilt and Auburn, the doors lost in 2016, 23 uh, to 16. I can see it in your eyes. You were thinking about asking that. The Zach Cunningham game. The Zach Cunningham game. Oh, yeah. Yup, the Zach Cunningham oh, game. Yeah. And also an interesting storyline here is Hugh Freeze bad, is taking over. Bad, just bad guy Hugh Freeze. I'll stand by that. Bad guy Hugh Freeze is taking over this program. How do you feel about that? I hate Hugh Freeze. Former Ole Miss. I have nothing positive to say about Hugh Freeze. Um, I will keep my real opinion to myself because I can go down a rabbit hole and I actually do have some deeply um, deeply held gripes against him that just are kind of personal to me. I, so I will keep that off the pod. Um, DM me if you want to know my real opinion on him. Uh, Hugh Freeze, I think he's a bad person. Great football coach. Um, I think Auburn is a terrible program for ousting, for creating a fake narrative that their previous head coach had slept with an assistant just to get him out of town. Um, I think I, you're giggling. I think that's a legitimately horrible thing to do to somebody and to justify it by bringing in somebody like you freeze. I think that's a real dirtbag move. Um, they're not in a good place right now. Now they might be in a good place next year because they, they're going to have a lot. They're going to have a really good recruiting class, probably bring in some transfers. I know they have some transfers this year. With that being said, I think this is a Vanderbilt win. This Auburn team is not good this year. The great equalizer is Hugh Freeze. He's a very good football coach. Um, I, I don't know if they have the talent, which then again, we're saying compared to Vanderbilt, but I think Vanderbilt has a, has a, a, a pretty talented roster this year. Um, I think, Vanderbilt is going to view this as a winnable game, which they should view all games as winnable games because you got to have that dog in you. Um, but I think if you really truth serum to all of them that they're they think this is going to be a win going into that week. Um, I really like Vanderbilt's chances against Auburn homecoming, also homecoming. Um, so that that may be a little bit of an added boost. I don't know. Um, I'm going to chalk this up to a Vanderbilt win. I think Vanderbilt beats Auburn. This is a game, another one that when you look at the state of the Auburn program, you look at the consistency Vanderbilt has had of improvement under Clark Lee, you look at the fact that they don't have a lot of stable head coaching, mm -hmm. because obviously Hugh Freeze brought in a different staff. Ron Roberts is the defensive coordinator, spent the last three years at Baylor. Known good guy program. Yeah. Um, Talk about a bunch of dirtbags. This, this is a game that Vanderbilt needs to win. This is probably... If Florida is not the worst team in the SEC, then Auburn is the worst team in the SEC or Vanderbilt is the worst team in the SEC. That's about how I view it. I was going to say Mississippi State, but Will Rogers is really good. I think they'll be they'll be better than those those I just named off. I might agree. Yeah. This game's very winnable. I'm going to predict a win but there's something in my heart of hearts that could see this game for whatever reason going badly. I just feel like I'm predicting too many wins and feeling too positive. 
That's it. That's, that's the, the Vanderbilt only fan in you. That's the only reason. I don't have any other logical reason. I think Vanderbilt wins this game, so I'm going to stick to it. Vanderbilt wins. They move to seven wins. Seven wins. Yeah. Already. So that's so they're seven and seven four, and three. three. Seven and three. That's is what I got them. I have seven and three. I'm uh score prediction. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Thirty-one twenty-one. Thirty-one Vanderbilt. twenty-one. I like it. I think that they'll. I don't think that Auburn offense is going to be able to put up very many points. So I'm going to be pretty similar, but I'm going to say thirty-one to. I think Vanderbilt dominates them. In my, I think yeah. Auburn's going to be. I think people have been consistently saying Vanderbilt or Florida. I don't think Auburn's getting enough attention. First-year head coaches are typically going to struggle, even if they do have previous head coaching experience. Hugh Freeze was not a great head coach at Ole Miss, eleven and fourteen. And he turned try- around though. He did, and he's but he's trying but he cheated. To, he's trying to build a new culture. I don't see that going great for him with a not very talented Auburn team coming off missing a bowl game. I see him missing a bowl game again this year. So right now we have him at seven and three. Last two games of the year, both on the road. First up at South Carolina on November eleventh. Spencer Rattler, a potent passing offense coming into town in South Carolina, a nightmare for Vanderbilt to face on the road. Last year, South Carolina went 8-5, and 4-4 and four in conference, uh, scored 32.2 points per game, 38th in the country, 260 yards passing per game, 41st in the country, 100, almost 120 yards rushing per game, not great, 105th in the country. On defense, the South Carolina team, pretty, pretty solid, I think a little bit better in than some had maybe thought, but gave up 28.8 points per game, 87th in the country. Their passing defense was either statistically skewed or pretty solid, 206 yards per game given up, 34th in the country, but they gave up 198 yards rushing per game, 4.9 yards per carry, 117th in the country. Their rush defense last year was awful. Unfortunately, that is the weakness this year of this Vanderbilt offense. So, I don't know about you, Trevor, but I don't have high hopes for the South Carolina game. Well, no, and also, too, this is where, once again, I'm going to take the road that is not filled with logic and reason, and that South Carolina just has weird juju against Vanderbilt. I legitimately believe that Vanderbilt could field the greatest football team of all time with not even dudes that went to Vanderbilt. Just You could have Cam Newton back there. You could have... Uh, Reggie White at defense, which not nah, Reggie White, you, go birds, but he forsook my birds. I what don't even know if that's a real thousand Miami. I, I don't even. Yeah, we could have the two thousand Miami like, team <laughs> with Ed Reed and all those Greg guys, and, and 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 South Carolina could field a team of Uber drivers, and we would somehow lose. Um, they just have they just have some weird juju against Vanderbilt. I'm going to go a loss simply because I don't know if I'll ever see us beat them again. The weird part about this is Vanderbilt had a very close game against South Carolina last year, 38-27, and yeah. should have beaten them the previous year. It should have honestly been a little bit closer last year too. Don't you agree? Yep. I think this is the only game on the schedule that I'm going to predict a broader margin of loss than they had last year. I think Vanderbilt's going to get dominated. By South Carolina. I think Spencer Rattler is going to have a day against Vanderbilt. I think he's going to be a breakout player in the SEC. Could be wrong, but I think Spencer Rattler, barring injury, because we're in 
game 11 of the season. So that can always happen. <laughs> I mean, we're predicting way down the road now. Yeah. But I think Vanderbilt loses this game. I think it's at least a 17 point game, probably more. I just don't think Vanderbilt has the horses in the secondary to stop this South Carolina offense. I, I'm probably right there with you. Because right I mean, Juice Wells, I think, is a name that sticks out. Uh, he's a guy I don't see anyone being able to cover him on the outside from Vanderbilt, even though Martell Height was named a preseason freshman All-American by 24-7 Sports. Just had to throw that in there. Yeah, shout out to Martell Height, baby. Then Vanderbilt has a bye week, and then they face the team out east at Neyland Stadium. The doors face the Vols, November 25th, final game of the season, rivalry week. How are you feeling? I will be at that game. I will, I, I will be at that game. I will be raising hell. There will be boots on the ground. Violence will be enacted. You cannot stop me. I'm an uncontainable force. I'm an immovable object. There is nothing you can do to stop me, Tennessee fans. I own you on Twitter, and I own you in real life. Nashville is my throne, and Knoxville is my footstool. That town sucks. It smells like piss and vomit. Your campus is ugly. With that being said, I think Vanderbilt probably does lose. I think Vanderbilt loses too. I uh, this is another nightmare matchup. Just the scheme Josh Heupel runs is a nightmare matchup for Vanderbilt. Spreads out the field, really exposes the lack of speed and depth in Vanderbilt secondary. They the Vols did lose a lot of talent on offense. They lost Hendon Hooker, supposedly Heisman candidate Joe Milton, after <laughs> one good bowl game, uh, after getting benched. After one good bowl game, he's going to win the Heisman and just step right into the shoes of Hendon Hooker, and they're just going to not miss a beat. Yep. They're they're both black quarterbacks, so Tennessee fans see them, and they're just like, they're the same guy, right? <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, are we going to have to cut that? No, I think that was <laughs> referencing Tennessee fans, so it's perfect. <laughs> Knoxville, where the BMI is higher than the IQ. Oh, but uh, the other part of this Tennessee team that's not getting enough attention, and we talked about this before the podcast, there's just an assumption that Jalen Hyatt, the injury to Cedric Tillman, but that those two guys are just going to be effortlessly replaced yeah. by Squirrel White and Brew McCoy. They're just going to be just plug and play another two dominant receivers on the outside in Hypo system. I don't see that happening. I think Tennessee is going to take a step back significantly on offense this year. I think their offensive line is going to struggle. I don't think Joe Milton is the second coming of Jesus Christ like Tennessee fans think. I'm right there with you. I think he's going to be okay. And the moment that he has an okay game, there's going to be calls for Nico, the five-star quarterback they recruited, to replace him on the field. And I think that's going to create some tension within the team. For the first time, you're actually going to see Josh Heupel and his family guy looking ass have to do a coaching job. And I don't see I don't see this team being as good as they were last year with that said. I think Vanderbilt gets absolutely dominated. I don't see it being that close. I hope from the bottom of my heart, I am so wrong about that. I see this being at least a 20-point game. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably right there with you. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Then then again, it's so far out and I hate even saying like even like putting into the ether that we're going to lose to Tennessee, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll go ahead and we'll chalk that up to a loss. So, final final score prediction for that one though. I'm going to go. Oh God, I'm going to go fifty two thirty four. And just keep in mind, this Tennessee offense last year was 
unbelievable. Electric. I don't like giving them credit, but my God, they were first in the country in points per game, 46.1 per game. Fourth in the country in passing yards per game, 326 per game. Fifth in the, no, yes. No, no, 26th in the country in rushing yards per game, almost 200 per game, five yards per carry. On defense, this is where they struggle. They were 127th in the country in pass defense. It's the only thing that gives me a little hope. And their secondary is going to be probably worse. Probably Gabe worse. Judy Lolly. Also, we have to talk about his comments whenever he's like, oh, the, uh, the giggling about the irony of playing Vanderbilt on, on senior night. What you need to be giggling at is your tape because you were burnt toast in the secondary. Yeah, Gabe Judy Lolly really needs to be giggling at being a part of literally – one of the bottom four or five secondaries in the whole country. Yep. Vanderbilt's right there with you. Everything you touch turns to shit, Gabe, because Tennessee's 127th in the country last year in 2022. Vanderbilt was 128th. Yep. Those are going to be two bad passing defenses going at it. I just think Tennessee's passing attack is still going to be a little bit of a step up above Vanderbilt, even though I do have high hopes for this year so me and you are completely in agreement that's what kind of weird that's kind of i don't like that at all do i we need to change something but we can't hold on i might change something we both have vanderbilt at seven and five we have to change something hold on it's too late no we have to change it no stop no we have to i'm not no i haven't locked it in yet you have to lock it in we haven't locked in anything yet i'm gonna go as my cat just cleans herself on camera phoebe be a lady stop we can go we can Um, go a unified tdr prediction I think that'll be good. No, we'll but that really it. scares it's me. It's too late. No, We're stop. Doing a recap. Nope, 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 nope. We lose to Kentucky, win Missouri. Okay, so you're flipping. I'm fl- <laughs> okay. I hate that I'm, same it, record. I'm doing it. Same, same record. record, but I'm flipping those we two both have them going. We both have Vanderbilt going 7-5 and five in 2023, which would absolutely be a massive success. Absolutely. Continue the trajectory of success under Clark Lee. So give a little bit of recap. Hawaii week one. Me and Trevor both have a win. Big dub. Alabama A&M at home week two. Both have them. Big dub. At Wake Forest week three, we both have a win. At UNLV week four, both predict a win. Week five, at home against Kentucky, I have a win. Trevor has retroactively predicted a loss. And then- just, just, to, just to flip the, the potential bad juju we had by mashing everything. Absolutely. Then at home versus Missouri, Trevor has a loss retroactively. I have a no. no I have a win. I, cha- a win. I had a, changed I changed it, it to okay, a win. I yes. got confused there. I have a loss against Missouri. Trevor has a win. Week seven at Florida. Me and Trevor both predict wins against Georgia at home. Loss at Ole Miss. Both have losses. And then at home against Auburn. Both predicted dubs. At South Carolina. Both predicted losses. And at Tennessee both predicted losses so me and trevor both have the doors going seven and five that would be an a plus 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 season i mean you go from oh and nine not being able to finish out the season to two and ten losing to an fcs program to five and seven to seven and five and going to a bowl game with a guaranteed winning record would be one of the best three-year turnaround coaching jobs in the entire country in the history yes. of football. I mean, in where Vanderbilt was when Clarkley came in versus if this happens, yeah, would would be a national storyline that would really pick up some buzz around this Vanderbilt program with the new stadium, 
potentially being ready for the 2024 season. Well, too, I think I think we're even a little bit bullish on the doors right now. I think even if they went six and six, I still think that's an mm-hmm. A plus plus plus. Getting to a bowl is an A plus plus season for this team. So we did go through and do it, you know, game by game, but to break out the schedule into the clumps, which is what I more like to do, uh-huh. especially before the season. You have three games that have to be wins. The this is this is where I had the floor. You have to win these games. Okay. If everything goes wrong, you still win these. Okay. Hawaii. Yes. Alabama A and M. Yep. UNLV. Yes. If everything else goes wrong, you win those, and then you have winnable games. But you could win all of them. You could lose all of them. But I think they can pick up three wins here potentially more is wake forest kentucky missouri florida auburn i agree with that yes and then you have basically i don't want to say guaranteed but losses and that's going to be georgia ole miss south carolina tennessee i also agree i'll ask you this too i agree with everything you just said and we sort of touched on it with the Wake Forest game. Do you have a looking at it right now? Do you have a most important game of the season? Because I've said that mine is Wake Forest. I think right now is it? It's Wake Forest. Either Wake Forest for you as well. I, think, I agree, especially with where it is in the season. I, that's going to almost, in my mind, guarantee a four and zero start and momentum going into conference play. And there's just something different about that three and one versus four and zero going into SEC play. I think and if, also just being a pivotal game, yeah, regardless, but also just where it is in the schedule. That's a great huge. point. I think if Vanderbilt beats Wake Forest, I think if they start out three and they're going bowling. Yep. Yep. I think they're I, I don't think it's if I think they are. Like I it's it's a blood bank guarantee, I think. I think so too. Oh, I God. cannot wait to we get are, into the I, season. We are nine days away. God, we we're are gonna, we're oh. so on page together that it's actually kind of bothering this is me. Scary. The gambling content wanna... is going to be phenomenal going into the season, Trevor. You don't need to change anything else up. We'll put out a graphic. If you're listening, thank you for listening to this long, beefy episode. If you haven't responded to the door report on Twitter with your schedule prediction, with your Vanderbilt football prediction for this season, go to at the door report and respond to our tweet. Mm-hmm. Thank you once again for listening to episode 231 of the door report. Anchor down. Nine days away. Let's ride. Go doors.